There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Yankees fan of this podcast, the man who just is very confused with where the Yankees are right now. I, I mean, confused is a nice way to say it, but by, but nonetheless, my name is Andrew Gambardella the third, and joining me as always, the Red Sox fan of this podcast, Mr. Matthew David Beal. Beal, how are you doing today? Fantastic. <laughs> I just got my new uh, Caddy Tech push cart for golf um, mm-hmm. aimed at making me more mobile and fit while also saving some money on the golf course. so um, Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic investment. Yeah, yep, yep. So <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to try it out sometime this week and mm. play a round of golf. And if I shoot anywhere over an 85, then it's getting returned. Okay. Because, you know, it has everything to do with how I score. All right. <laughs> It does. It does. Yeah. The accessories are, you know, don't blame the players. Blame, blame the clubs. That's blame, what I'm talking about. It's, it's blame never, the bag, the yeah. glove, the the shirt. I mean, the, the things you're wearing, the hat. Maybe you you haven't washed your hat in a while. It, it gave you some bad, you know, a pimply forehead or something. You know, that, Defin- that could, yeah. it could have a huge effect on your golf game. Huge, huge. Definitely the shoes. I'm a big shoe uh, blamer. Mm. Um, love to blame some golf spikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, and now I've just got one more device to blame it on. So we'll see. Yeah, that's true. Just one more, one more excuse. And everybody, everybody needs excuses to blame their own mediocrity sometimes. Yeah. Especially with golf. Yeah. That's a, although that's a loser's mentality, I guess in golf, sometimes you need to, uh, you can't you can't get in the dumps too much because they're sometimes never coming back mentally wise. So, uh, yeah. yeah, gotta Keep, gotta stay uh, positive. Yeah, positive um, vibes only. Change up some beers. Yep, exactly. It's never the beers. Damage. It's never the drinks. It's no. never it's never the 
the half cooked hot dog that you eat at the turn. That's never the problem. No, it's, that's that's part of the solution. Exactly. It's it's the clubs. It's the wind. It's you know somebody yelling, somebody whispering during your shot. You know, it's always somebody somebody else in golf, which yeah. is probably the reason why it's the most popular sport nowadays. And and when it comes to like leisurely guys playing school or even girls now, a ton of girls learning to play to play golf nowadays too. And I think, I think, I mean, pickleball was the rave of this past year, but I think golf is going to stay, stay clear at the top for a long, long time to come. Cause there's just nothing that beats beautiful nature. You can ride around in a cart. You can walk in a cart. You can crack some, crack some drinks, eat some food while you're on the course, just lounging around beautiful sights and you get to compete at the same time. I don't think there's, there's a sport that, that really can compete with golf when it comes to all facets of entertainment. Uh, but now that we're talking about golf, we are going to talk about the British Open that's happening. The last major is happening this weekend in Royal Liverpool um, in England. And Beal and I are going to, for a third time this year, draft the team of four golfers each. I have, I am 2-0. I am currently undefeated on this podcast when it comes to our golf competitions. And with Beal being the high school golfer um, and me just learning how to play golf, uh, you know, in, in college, I uh, it like, you know, leisurely, I never really competed like you did in golf, but I would say I am the golf expert of this podcast. Yeah. You know, you are. You are. You definitely are. Um, you deserve that title after being almost perfect in uh, these major uh, uh, evaluations and teams that we have made uh, for the golf tournaments recently. So I'll, I'll give hats off to you. Um, your, your golf game has been on point as far as, uh, you know, just knowing the right dudes and uh, and you know, being able to break down the game. And I, I just, you know, can't. I, I can't seem to uh, catch a dub at all. I, I just keep finding myself in the dumps of these major tournaments when I try to pick players. And it's uh, it's definitely unfortunate. Well, it's not all doom and gloom for you, Beal. We did collectively win a back-to-back, uh, back-to-back company title um, that is true. for the place yeah. that I work. Um, in a scramble tournament uh, two weeks ago together, which was very nice to be able to achieve. Um, and we had a lot of fun. So, very I mean, that, that's got me thinking positively about golf no matter what. Um, and we're going to finish up today's show with Baseball Yankees Talk like we always do um, and refresh a little bit about uh, our home run derby and all-star takes. But before we get there, we are each going to draft four golfers um each team each team's golfers will will count the best two scores each day will count to the team if one team's guys gets cut more than the other then there's um there's a bonus for the team that for the guy that picked more guys who made the cut and then by the end the lowest score wins or if you pick the only automatic win is if one of your four guys wins the tournament if one of your four guys wins the tournament it's an auto win and you get auto bragging rights. Cause obviously you, you are that dude. You pick that guy. 
Yeah, you are him. You are him. Um, so last time I got the first pick. We're going to do this in a snake draft. So I will have picks two and three. Beal, to me, it's the top three in golf have been the top three all year. It's been Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm all year. So I'd be shocked with this number one pick if it wasn't one of those three guys. Uh, but Beal, why don't you you kick off our British Open British Open draft for our squads this this the Open tournament. You know, my, my past couple of draft picks, uh, particularly the last one, um, have just been done wrong. I, I need to stick with, um, you know, the, the right decision in the first round. Okay. Um, and I, I think that there is no debating um, who is the top pick in this draft. Uh, it's not even close, honestly. Um, I'm going with Justin jt thomas and i'm having faith in my dude because last time i picked him in the fourth wait no i picked him three i think i picked him third last time and that's fucked up i shouldn't do that i shouldn't i shouldn't put him down there because he doesn't belong there he's a first overall pick justin thomas number one winning the open okay just so we're clear, we take four golfers. Three of them are inside fifty to one, and one of them is could be a sleeper. Are you taking Justin Thomas as one of your favorites or as your sleeper pick with the number one pick overall? That's that's a really good question. Because um. <laughs> you can take multiple guys outside the top fifty to one, outside the top twenty-four golfers. You can take multiple. I'm not against yeah. that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you can tell me afterwards, but we'll, that's, we'll see when we get there. You took a guy who has been playing awful golf this whole year. He's due for his standards. He's okay, due. all right. Wow. Well, you He's took the best golfer in the field. Uh, yeah, maybe two years ago, but not now. The best golfer in this field who plays ridiculously well in pretty much every British Open he plays it, or every Open, but the Open, uh, because it could it could be played anywhere in the United Kingdom. It is the Open. It has been the Open. I keep saying the British Open, but it is being played in Britain this year. So that's why I keep saying that at Royal Liverpool. But the number one obvious choice is the guy who just won the Scottish Open, finished second last year at the Open. It's Rory McIlroy. He's the betting favorite. He's it, it, he hasn't won. He just finished second at the at the U.S. Open. This guy is playing some of the best, the best golf in the world, and he, he made it. He finished birdie birdie to win the tournament last week and made two putts outside of five feet, like two like interesting little bendy putts from around eight to twelve feet to win the tournament. If his putter can putt like that this week, he's winning the tournament. So I'm taking Rory McIlroy with my first overall selection. Good luck with that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't win the U.S. Open for me. That's true. got <laughs> you a lot of points finishing in second. I don't expect Rory to win. Somehow he's going he's gonna to find a way to, you know, he, he will probably have a slow start. And perhaps since he's by far the favorite, the pressure will probably get to him in round one. And it'll have a, a probably a poor round one, but he will be there. 
he will make the cut, that's for sure. And that is just, I mean, he's just a lock of a number one pick in my opinion. Um, for number two, I I mean, this would just be, I, I mean, I'm just going to go with it. it, it I'm going to take the number, since you didn't take any of the top three players in the world, and there's a clear top two right now, I'm going to take the top two players in the world. I'm taking Scotty Scheffler. Great pick. He Great is pick. there week in, week out. The guy makes 500K to a million every week by putting together top 10 after top 10 after top 10. I'm taking Scotty, and, and that's another case with Scotty, with him and Rory, some of the best ball strikers in the world. If their putters – you know, if their putters could be top 10 player player caliber in the world, which they are not, they are average putters or, or slightly above average putters with how good they, they are. But they, they have a reputation for, for not being able to, to make some of those 8 to, to 12 footers that really start starting to get lower numbers in the birdie numbers. Uh, but be, two best ball strikers in the world, I'm taking Scotty and Rory. Uh, if you lose this one, Bill. You'll have nobody to blame but yourself for taking Justin Thomas number one overall. I I will have nobody to blame but myself and Justin Thomas. <laughs> I have faith in him. Uh, and never would I blame him. I uh, you know didn't mean that. Sorry, Justin. Um, he's gonna win. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you're back up. But if I hadn't picked him, I would have picked Scheffler. All right. Just for well, just for the record. I'm glad you didn't pick Scheffler. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't need him. Um, for my second pick and the fourth pick of the 2023 Open Championship Draft, Matthew Beal selects John Rahm. Okay. Wow. You took you took somebody. You took the latest Masters champion and the the third best player in the world, and yeah, good pick. You know, it's very painful to me because I, I really don't like John Rahm that I, much. I, I think it's a – I mean, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. I don't know if he's going through some injuries or something like that or, or just trying to reset himself, but he could be rusty. Honestly, I said good pick just because – I don't know. I was trying to be nice. But, Beal, this team that you have right now really stinks. It really doesn't. John Rahm, I I think personally from what I've seen him do, his best ability is shot shaping. And the U uh, the US Open, the Open Championship, the hardest thing to do is keep the ball like where you want it. The course is so windy, um, crazy conditions all the time. Uh, and I just I think John Rahm is type of guy that is probably one of the better uh shot shaping players on tour uh you know you've talked about ball striking and it's what makes rory so good for these link style courses but i think john rom is one of uh the better players when it comes to you know conditions like this so i i, I like that pick for myself um i was not aware that he didn't play the last couple of weeks but you know he, maybe he just needed a a mental rest for himself and it's not unusual for guys to take a few weeks off before a, a big major championship to get themselves ready. True. Who knows? He might he might be over there working right now in England, just dialing in those link style courses. You don't know. I I hope he is. I mean, 
It's Monday. I mean, <laughs> he got practice rounds today. I hope he's there. For your sake, I really hope he's there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a tremendous draft by you, Beal. For your third pick, I cannot wait to see who your third pick is. This has been one of the best drafts I've ever been a part of with you. I'm, I'm really tempted to pick Ricky Fowler because of how he's been playing lately, but I'm not going to pick him because I think that would be a pretty biased move. Um, okay. I am going to go with... This is a difficult one. Um, I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, you know, the guy from UK in uh, Tommy Fleetwood, um, from Southport, England. Okay. I I, I love Tommy. Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy. Um, you have to say his name with a British accent if Tommy you're gonna Fleetwood. say his name at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, I just have to take a hometown guy and somebody who is um from england uh it makes it my second european on the group and i i think to win the open tour uh, it definitely gives a, a slight advantage to be european um yeah. well, because growing you up, know the courses yeah playing the link style courses growing up definitely helps these guys i i i agree i agree with you i think this is your first i think number three your third pick is your best pick so far thank you thank you plus you gotta you gotta go with the flow i mean the dude has just tremendous hair he does he has yet to win a major but the last open champion Cam Smith, was a first time major winner and tommy fleetwood's been in it week in and week out um and he i think final round of the u.s open i think he shot a 63 to put himself he in did. that top 10 he almost uh, tied the course record with 62, but he missed the five-footer. Yes, on 18. Yes, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, he, he's been there. He, he does that a lot, though, it seems like, that final round where he's nowhere in it, but he posts a number early. So, But that, that could really help um, a team. You don't have to win it. Your team just has to play good team golf in this sort of competition with mano y mano, you versus me. And a guy – who I, I, I'm going for uh, going for broke here because I think all of these guys that I'm drafting are capable of easily winning this tournament. My third pick, I just mentioned him, the open winner, defending champion from last year. I I mean it's very, very hard to repeat as a as a winner, but Cam Smith is one of the best putters I've ever seen. And with the open, with how windy it is. I don't think the ball striking is as pure and as important as it is in a U.S. Open where it's just very long, tight fairways. In the Open, you get somewhere on the green, and if you can putt better than everybody else in the tournament, you're going to be there at the end of the tournament. I think Cam Smith is still that guy, and I'm taking Cam Smith with my third pick. I like it. To round out my team with that said – there has been one guy on the live tour better than Cam Smith all year with the putter. And his name is none other than Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch at 70 to 1. Terrific name. A tremendous putter. And has won the most on the live tour out of guys like Brooks K. 
Kepka, who just won a major tournament this year, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, uh, Cam Smith, for that matter. He is Sergio Garcia. He is beating those guys week in, week out on the live. I think he does it this week, too. Honestly, I think he's the best value in the entire field with the way this guy's playing golf right now. I like Taylor Gooch, and I think Taylor Gooch, as my sleeper, is the pick of this draft. Okay. I like it. Um, I haven't heard Taylor Gooch's name in a long time, so glad to hear he's doing well on the Live Tour. Honestly, I haven't been paying too close attention to the Live Tour. Uh, but, yeah, cool, cool. Um, to round out my four, I will be going with, and since I picked Justin Thomas first, I'm going to say that I, I need to keep him in, like, my top three. I, I think the fourth person should be another guy who's 50 to one or worse. I don't know. I, I think... Okay. No, that that's up to you. Should probably be fifty to one. Okay, I'm I'm allowing it either way because you're trying to get value with your. That's a great value pick of Justin Thomas as a sleeper. I mean, that could be big brained by you, or you could just take two guys as sleepers. That's okay. It is big brain. Um, I have a big brain. (laughs) 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 My other sleeper. You know what? Eh, eh. Yeah, my other sleeper has just won. Okay. His name is Wyndham Clark. Okay, wow. There there has been he's at fifty to one right now. Yep, there I see that things that he's done on the course that have really impressed me, especially from a guy who is like I don't know. I, I want to say he broke on the scene because he is a little bit older. I think he's 28. But um, Wyndham has just tremendous ability to, like, and I, I take this from the U.S. Open alone kind of, but uh, to, one, close out a tournament while you're on top and, and, you know, be pretty new while you're doing it. But also just, I don't know, he, he has some, like, cerebral ability, I feel like, Um just on the golf course it it seems like he's always thinking um one hole ahead and uh it it felt that way watching him close out the u.s open so i i've enjoyed watching him play um i've seen some stuff since the u.s open that have made me pretty confident to jump on the wyndham bandwagon um also he has a cool name uh, I I don't know. I, I think at fifty to one, he is very underrated considering he just won a major. Um, and he's uh, new players to win majors is not that common. So when you're a pretty new player on tour, at least people don't really know you. You're not a household name. And you go out, you can close out a U.S. Open um, in one of your first attempts. Uh, I I think that speaks pretty loudly. And in, in the past, when people have done that. They've gone on streaks. Uh, I mean, recently we think of Spieth and Thomas as he wants to do that. They're much younger, but like kind of in the same stage of their golf career, just kind of breaking on the scene and um, burst out with a couple of major championships in their first couple of years. So I, I think Wyndham Clark is going to – I don't really – this is not a pick that I think he's going to win, but I do think he's going to finish top 10 because I think he has a lot of momentum going for him right now. 
All right. I, I don't like I, I don't dislike that pick. I, I think it's a it's a definitely a a value pick. And a lot of guys who have won, you know, a major in that year, he's playing great golf. So I, I think that's a great pick. All right. So that rounds out our our open squads for this year and the last major of the year. You have Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, and Wyndham Clark. And I have Rory McElroy, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, and Taylor Gooch. I am looking forward to watching the Open this weekend uh, with my family. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to, you know, once again, taking home the podcast title of Golf Expert. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure my team will come out on top this weekend. All right. But, I don't think so, but whatever. Yeah, I, I would hope you don't think so. But, I mean, that it has to be one of the most all-time. If Justin Thomas ends up winning this tournament, he's good. I, I will uh, obviously have to retract the words I'm about to say, but I think that was one of the worst first-round picks. I've Number one overall picks in a draft I've seen in a long, long time. You're wrong. I think it's the worst that we've ever had on this podcast. No, but no, you're wrong. He's so, be, He's so good. I might be jinxing it, but it, I that I'm putting I'm putting my my uh, my fist down on this one. That that is the worst I have ever seen. Um, but you know, could be wrong. Obviously, I've been wrong before, but you I are I, wrong. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see next week. We will talk about. I, I am writing it down in quotes that I said this was the worst number one pick in podcast history right there. Boom. It's in my writing, so I have no denying it. And it's on this podcast that I've said multiple times already. But with all the happy news that I have, you know, happy vibes I have coming out of this open draft, those are all crushed by all of the underlying Ajita I get from being a Yankees fan because they are absolutely garbage. I, you know, I know I said this months ago that this team was not it. We are not a championship contender. I didn't think we were going to compete for the last place spot in the division. When I was talking back then, this team is a dumpster fire. We just lost. Two, we lost going into the Ulster break uh, at home against the Cubs, two out of three. Then we lose to the Rockies, two out of three, with our bullpen giving up five runs in three innings to lose the game. We, when we have a top three bullpen in the league, I don't know what's happening. Something's not working. I think it's the coaching, the front office, whatever it is, because the players that we have are talented, but it's just not clicking. It is sad to be a Yankees fan right now. Um, yes, I'm saying I'm saying that. Yes, Yankees fans are spoiled, and rightfully so. We have 27 World Championships, and we're we've been waiting for 28 for a long time. So, and we're gonna have to wait at least one more year. That's very depressing. Um, it's not. Dep- it's just. I. I think I'm being realistic here. I. I'm. 
I am not setting myself up for heartbreak at all. I mean, Aaron Judge, there's no timetable for his return. The the most exciting news that the Yankees have is the rumors that them and the Dodgers are in a bidding war for Shohei Otani. If we win the bidding war for Shohei Otani, I I will say that this team will win the World Series if we get Shohei Otani. I will be all in and I will be ready to get my heart ripped out. I have a hot take. Okay. If if an Eastern Coast team does not trade for Otani this year, he will sign on the West Coast again. I I, I think it's crazy that people are lumping Eastern teams into the Otani conversation for next free agency because his biggest selling point going into the league was that it had to be a West Coast team. He's not going to just drop that. I know he cares more about a championship right now. You have to sell him on it if you're an East Coast team. If the Yankees want Otani, they need a trade for him now. And if they don't, I think he's going to sign with the Dodgers, the Astros, or, uh, well, I mean, Astros are middle country. They're kind of Western. I I don't know. They're closer to Japan. But I I think he's going to sign with L.A., uh, Seattle, San Diego, if they even have money left, or the Giants. Like, I I really don't think this is a very big market um, for Shohei because of what he's asking. I I think teams are going to jump in, but I really don't think he's going to end up on the Braves or the Yankees unless they trade for him right now and sell him on the vision. And he's there for three months and sees that maybe living on the East coast isn't all that bad, but I do think he wants to stay on the Pacific. And I think as a Yankee fan, you need to be hoping that they trade for him now because I, I don't think they're going to just be able to pay for him. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. If he gets a free agency, it's all but a done deal that he's going to the Dodgers, in my opinion. They have they have them. it's the Giants. Ooh, that, that could be the case, too. They, they could go into a bidding war, but it won't be the Yankees at that point. It won't yeah. be the Red Sox at that point. It won't be a big market team, or the Cubs, for that matter, on towards the East Coast. I think it'd be between the Dodgers and Giants. That's a great. That's a great point. I think I do think the Mariners might be a sleeper team. I just don't know that they're going to be able to afford him. But it's a young team that's been playing very well the last couple of years, and I, I mean it's an exciting franchise. Like having J Rod come up and and those guys ball out. Like it's just I, I don't know. I, I I think they will be a team early on in the conversation, but. I really don't think they're going to be able to cough up 500 mil. Just by the way they've operated in the past. Okay, yeah. But uh, they do have the Ichiro connection. And true. As we all know, Shohei is very close friends with Ichiro. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but the Yankees, it, that's my only hope, is them somehow – just trading their whole farm system for Shohei Otani, the best player in baseball, and probably the best player in baseball that we have seen. And maybe, I mean, by the end of his career, he might, he might be the best of all time. But right now, he's the best of this generation. He is incredible with what he can do on the field, and I would love to see him in pinstripes. But that's pretty obvious. Everybody would love to see him on their team. But if that's the only thing that I'm holding out my hope on for the players we have now, 
we have some young guys. Peraza just came back up because Donaldson got hurt again. Big shocker. Um, but that could actually be better for our team because Donaldson's batting 130. So I don't think he's giving much to the team anyways. But, yeah, I mean, Volpe, Oswald, Peraza, uh, Cabrera. There's some young guys out there who, who, who could, you know, blossom in the second half of the year. Clark Schmidt has been great. Gamecock and pitcher for us. So, you know, uh, I am – I'm as a mess. But the Yankees get this week still easy schedule. They haven't been able to take advantage of it at all yet. They get Shohei Otani and the Angels for three games in, in Los Angeles. Um, and then they come back home to face the Royals for a three-game set. Two pretty bad teams playing really bad baseball right now. And the Yankees are still going to manage to go. Mm. Oh, my positivity is coming out. I just think Garrett Cole just pitched. You know what? I'm going with three and three. This team is mediocre. We'll find a way to lose one of these series. I don't think we're going to get swept. I don't think we're going to sweep anybody. But we're going three and three. Okay. Fair enough. Um the Red Sox have a very easy schedule coming up. We've got the Athletics in Oakland, um, and then we got the Mets. I think at home. I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but we got the Mets this weekend. I'm gonna say if we don't go five and one, that it's probably uh, a, a disappointment at, out of those two teams. Um, the Mets have not been playing well, uh, and the A's have been like probably the worst team in the history of baseball. So um, I'm going to say we'll sweep the A's and take two against the Mets. I feel like four and two is a safer bet and allows room for error, but I'm, I'm going five and one. The Red Sox have been really hot lately, uh, eight of the last 10 games. And um, right now, six games over 500 tied with the Yankees for fourth place in the AL East. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think by the end of this week, we're going to overtake the fourth spot and be a little bit closer to the Jays. Currently only three games back. And uh, I mean, the Red Sox have looked pretty good recently. And honestly, I'm just hoping for meaningful baseball and sneaking into the wild card spot. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm on the same boat with you. I don't think this is a championship team, but it would be very fun to see a run like we had in 2021 where we somehow – got ourselves in the um, AL championship series. I, I don't think that's going to happen again, but just being able to play late in the season and, and have some meaningful games and, and maybe make a wild card series would be really cool. So uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I, I don't anticipate the Red Sox will make any big trade deadline acquisitions. Um, doesn't sound like they will be in the, um, uh, room for Shohei, uh, but I, I do think that just given where the Red Sox are, uh, given that we're only a few million dollars short of the luxury tax, uh, that we we do want to keep going with the the precedents that Heim set in the offseason, and that's to reset our tax threshold and um, not have to pay those penalties next year so that we can invest in free agency in the winter. So I don't think they're going to exceed um, the luxury tax, and it might take some 
moving pieces around to, to make improvements and um, to bring in somebody who might be able to help us for the second half of the year. But whoever it is is probably not going to be owed a lot of money or not going to be a extraordinary player by any means. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Red Sox are going to go all out for the playoffs. But if we could keep playing baseball like we have been, um, I, I could see us in the playoffs. And that's much better, honestly, than I could have hoped and imagined for this year. Uh, I had pretty low expectations. So um, I'm happy with where we're at. And I, I think 5-1 and one is actually a, a pretty safe bet for this week. Wow. Some I love would call your... it a lock. I love your positivity. Uh, that positivity should rough rub off on me, um, but it won't. Uh, I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm going to stay that way. So three and three. Uh, that does it for us this week. Um, one last tis- tidbit. Saquon Barkley did not sign an extension by today's deadline, and he hasn't sa- signed his – franchise tag yet for this year i think he'll sign it uh but it's sad that that we weren't able to come to to a deal um and he potentially after this year won't be a giant anymore which would be very sad uh hopefully he doesn't go through a holdout situation like Le'Veon bell did a few years ago um because that really ruined kind of like ruined the steelers chances of competing that year and it would ruin ours this year, that's for sure, and and cause a lot of turmoil with the with the roster. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully things turn out well for both the Giants and Saquon Barkley, um, especially as us Giants fans, we want the best for our our team. Um, so, we'll see what what comes of that. But for now, Saquon is maybe not a Giant net for next year. I don't I don't know. Hopefully. Um, We'll see him suit up week one for us. Yeah, but. yeah, I hope so. I did see a report that said he would be late for training camp because of the contract talks and not achieving a contract extension. Obviously, uh, he's uh, it's an understatement to say that he's probably a little bit hurt by this. Yeah, uh, it's a franchise that drafted him and that he wants to play with. So I, I can imagine why he doesn't want to show up for training camp. Um, I, I don't expect that he's going to miss games, but I'm not going to hold it against him by any means for not getting the contract that he deserves. Cause it, he, he deserves way more than the 19 mil that the giants offered. Uh, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even think it was that what was it? Did you see the report? It was like 18 mil a year or something for two years. Maybe is the most the giants offered. No, I, I could be wrong. That. I, I I saw I, I three year thirty nine with nineteen and a half guaranteed over the first okay. two, and the third year not not really guaranteed at all. Which, maybe maybe that's what I saw. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's sad that he's been put in another prove it year, but not a single other. I mean, this Josh Jacobs, tremendous running back without an injury history, not not as good. When you know when they're both healthy, Saquon Barkley is a better running back. But you know the best ability is availability, and Josh Jacobs has done that time and time again. Also, franchise tag, no long term extension with the the Raiders, and then you have Tony Pollard with the Cowboys as well, uh, also getting franchise tag and no long term deal. And the best long term deal there was was signed by Miles Sanders this this 
um, offseason, who, who's not a terrible running back, who was the running back for the Eagles and played in the Super Bowl. And he only got $6 million a year to play for the Panthers for the next four years. So it, the, the running back market is just plummeted and there is none. And I think the Barkley and his agents probably messed up a little bit with not taking some of the deals early on that the Giants offered. Maybe I, I don't know, but it, it's I don't think it's just the Barkley thing, which 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 I'm happy about because the whole league yeah. has, has devalued running back. So I don't think there should be that much animosity between the Giants and Barkley. I would hope. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I really do hope the same. I, I hope there's not a lot of animosity and we could hash things over at the end of the year um, or, you know, maybe before the season starts. But I just – I really hope that he's – playing in giant blue this year and um accepts um the the franchise tag but we'll see uh i would i would hate a holdout situation but um i i don't know i i obviously don't know him as a person but he does not seem like the type of person that would not play in spite of the franchise like whether or not he deserves more money and i i think he probably deserves whatever he was asking for maybe not quite you know that because you always ask for more but um i i feel like he deserved to get paid he deserved a contract extension but i do think this guy's a competitor he's not going to waste one of his prime years holding out for a few weeks and i I just i feel like you could see that by his personality when he talks to the press and when he plays in games I, i just i don't see that type of um just uh, frustration in him that it would lead to affecting his playing career, but uh, I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. Okay. Well, that does it for us officially, and we want you to play for us, Saquon. Please be yeah. a giant this year. Um, we love you guys. Thank, Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy your brunches, your lunners, your sunsets, your sunrises. And without further ado, Bill, take us out. Yoshida for MVP. Mm-hmm.